<laughs> when I went to Lauren's birthday thing, uh, Amanda was like, I'm sitting outside. I'm like, cool. I'm trying to get up Hawthorne. If you hear some Creed bumping, that's me. I'm bumping Creed up Hawthorne. Just Creed, Nickelback, and... I don't Nickelback or Hoobastank. Good. I don't even know that I know a Hoobastank song. You do. I'm sure I do. I just don't know it. Well, I know that you do because I've played it for you in the past. That Hoobastank card, I think, is still just up in the mirror. Yeah. In the That's why I did it. <laughs> I mean, I can find it. Every time we play Cards Against Humanity, there's a card that ends up on the floor somehow. Oh, yeah. And then we just stick it in the mirror. Okay. Because my dining room has two big mirrors in it. On mm-hmm. Yeah, and so one. we just stick a... And Hoobastank is one of the oh, cards. God. Here you go. Nope. We're recording. You can't do that. Where are you? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. You got it. Got it. Well, we are recording. Welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes. back. It's me. It's her. She's Full-ass voice. It's a me. A whole-ass voice. Like, and, full. And, like, we played that, you know, because you listened to I it. Did. We played that clip. This is such a night and day difference. Truly. Instead of sounding like an 80-year-old man on dialysis, you sound <laughs> like a healthy lady. Uh-huh. Yep. A yep. healthy lady. Well, welcome. Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know the spiel. You know who we are. You know what we're doing. You know what yeah. we do here. Introduce yourselves. At least that part. Hey, I'm Dee. Oh yeah, I'm I'm Z. You can hear me now. There's Randall on the ones and twos. Hey, Hey-oh. we're the people. <laughs> we are we're, the people. <laughs> we are those guys. We're, we're those ones. We're those buddies. They do the stuff. Well, Z's back. She's I feeling am. good. As much as I enjoyed reading. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to relinquish control. Okay. Uh, Physically, uh, I so. feel fine. Uh, mentally, like I told Randall when I got here, I feel like that gif of Ralph Wiggum rolling down a hill. Just bye. Um, but yeah, so update on my illness and absence. So I got sick, woke up real sick Friday morning mm-hmm. uh, after finding out my grandma had COVID again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen her and that was fun. Um so I took one of the at-home tests. It said negative. And one of my very dear friends who lives in Chicago called me. And she's like, oh, number one, who is answering your phone? Because that is not you. You sound insane. <laughs> I'm like, fair. And she's like, no, I've had COVID and sounded just like that. So uh, I waited until the following full week because it was Friday when I got sick. So I went, I believe, on Tuesday to get a PCR test and um, never got my results. I was supposed to get them back in two days. Didn't get them. Took a test on Monday at my doctor's office and they were like, nope, it's negative. You're fine now. I'm like, well, it don't sound fine Mm because I didn't. And as it turns out, the Walgreens uh, lost my results. Oh! So I am... 99% 99% sure that I did, in fact, have COVID. Um, every symptom, everything tasted like metal. Mm. Um, I tried to make my bed and got winded and Immediately. tired. Yeah. Immediately. Like, as I was putting the sheets on, I'm like, oh, I need to lay down for like 45 minutes. Just everything I hurt. You were still sucked. symptomatic when your doctor tested you, though, yeah? Uh, I just had, at that point, it turned into laryngitis. Oh, okay. So it was 
both. Mm-hmm. It was both. Uh, but yeah, at that point, when I went to get my test from my doctor on Monday, um, it was just my voice that was still an issue. Okay. So, and laryngitis can last up to three weeks. Yeah. So that was fucking neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I uh, I slept kind of a lot. I watched a lot of murder she wrote <laughs> a lot yes you did a lot lots um, of texts and there's still a lot more to go i'm not even i think I bet. I'm like a third of the way through but every day i am not a retired school teacher solving crimes in a small coastal town in maine is a day fucking wasted <laughs> she texts me she's like why isn't this my life <laughs> yeah, i'm like why why can't i just do why can't i do it fawn why Von, why Jessica Fletcher? Right. Well, I texted another friend that I wanted to be Jessica Fletcher when I grew up, and she's like, "You kind of already are." I'm like, well, I'm on the way there. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just want to be there right now. Uh-huh. I'm ready for that. Just gonna send you to Maine. I'll let's fucking go. I'm on it. I'm ready. It's a great little state. Me and Angela Lansbury. Just <laughs> ready. I'm soups ready to. Just ride my little bike around. The basket on the front. Mm-hmm. I can, like, kind of remember the theme song to that one. Yeah. Isn't there piano? Yeah. Isn't it a piano one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. Yep. A little jaunty tune, you know. Yeah, you know. Just a little show about murder. It's great. Murder. Great. Yeah. But mostly, um, I just kind of existed because, again... The only thing I could eat that didn't taste like I was licking the inside of a tin can was goldfish crackers. <laughs> so I lived off of goldfish crackers um, pretty much for two weeks and mm-hmm. some change. Yeah, that was fun. I was like, mm, mm, mm. and at first I thought, because when it happened, my aunt had gone to get Chinese food for herself and she brought me some. And I was like, why does this taste like... A, can, a tin. Why does this taste like a tin can? I just assumed that they hadn't rinsed off the water chestnuts before putting them in my food, but then everything else tasted like that afterwards. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh. even like when I was drinking water and stuff, everything just tasted like metal. It was really, really weird. And still kind of a thing, but not as intense as it was. Right. So, I mean, that's nice that it's going away finally. Uh, and hey, if you did have it, then, you know, you bought yourself six months of immunity. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really lose my sense of smell, I don't think. Um, you were just in your house the whole time. So yeah, it's so it's like, say. I already don't smell most of the things in my house. Unless yeah. I've got like candles burning, which I didn't, because I was too tired to light them and pay attention to anything that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I'm trying to burn my house down. So, yeah, I mean, I had Febreze, but yeah. But yeah, that is an update on uh, my um, health and where I was. For two weeks. Guess what? It was in bed. I was in bed. It's one of your favorite places to be. It is one of my favorite places to be, and I would love to be there still. (laughs) I would love nothing more than to be right Right there. All day, every day. In my just, I, as much as I aspire to be Jessica Fletcher from Murder, she wrote, I think I also really want to be Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka (laughs) and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, she just want to be a useless sack of shit. Yeah, lay in okay. bed. Yep, pretty much. Complaining about your your own issues, yeah. uh, but blaming it on the cold floor. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
Well, I mean, I can't complain about cold floors because I'm always wearing my grippy socks at home. So, well, that's the only reason he doesn't get out of bed <laughs> and fuck him for that. That's that is sorry. I love that Grandpa movie. Joe. I have realized recently how shitty of a human being that man is. Yeah, Grandpa well. Joe. He got real Grandma spry Joseph when he got to take a trip into the chocolate factory. Yeah, though. he got real spry when he got uh, the chance, uh, a free chance of a lifetime. <laughs> I mean. I feel like I would do the same. I'd be like, hmm, I mean, my bed is great. Don't want to do anything to help anybody but me and stay in this bed. And then my grandkid's like, hey, Grandpa, you want to come fucking get some free candy and maybe own a factory? And you know what? Yeah, my bones would work then. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, I'm a Grandpa Joe apologist. <laughs> The other three didn't complain. Not that we saw. The other three didn't complain openly. They hardly spoke. I'm mm -hmm. willing to give them the concession because they weren't like, we'd get out of bed if the floor wasn't kind of chilly. <laughs> like tootsies. I can't, I can't give my feet the necessary six seconds it takes to adjust to the temperature of this floor. Oh, hey, six Lord. seconds when you're... 80-some-odd years old. That's a lot of seconds. Also, this lady who might be either my daughter or my daughter-in-law has been taking care of us nonstop for two decades, but fuck her efforts. That's on her. <laughs> That's on her. Well, we had enough to make all of us cabbage soup for, for 20 years, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's her fault. I mean, there were plenty of people in the 80s that lived off of cabbage soup for a while. I'm not saying they couldn't, but if even one of those people got up off their ass and got a simple part-time job, they could actually, you know, eat food. You and think. then, you know, if all of them did or even took the time to research government benefits, <laughs> they might not live in a fucking shack together. Maybe. I also love how it went from, like... They're eating nothing but cabbage soup forever, and then they're essentially going to eat can nothing but candy. Nothing but candy. Nothing but candy. Yeah. I don't feel like Charlie ended up owning that factory for very long. With no. a diet consisting of nothing but candy. Well, I mean, I don't know, because Charlie was the only one with... Charlie and his mom were the only ones with work ethic. That's so, true. Well, know. I just meant, if they're living off of nothing but candy, they maybe didn't survive. Well, they... they Charlie would have been okay. Charlie can get away with just candy for a few years. Mom probably got diabetes. All of the old people, Hundo P. Hundo P. <laughs> diabetes Hundo to P the dead. dome. I love Hundo that you use that Hundo P dead. Or in my <laughs> ultimate fantasy that just happened right now, all of the Oompa Loompas were like, well, that fuck's gone. Guess what? Taken over. Maybe. Esma D, Charlie. Yeah, and just <laughs> we were, throw them, throw them all into that boat and set it we were, down the chocolate we were river. Torn from our own country to be <laughs> enslaved by this white man in a candy factory, and now a child, a child, <laughs> a literal child, is our boss. I think the fuck not. Oompa Loompa, suck my ass. That's how that went. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly. How I think it went. Charlie just got slaughtered and thrown into the river. The sequel should now just be a horror movie, and that's what happens. Agreed. Uh, Revenge of the Oompa Loompas. Yep. <laughs> Oompa Loompa Doompity Death. <laughs> yeah. Doompity Doom? Ooh. Also oh, good. All right, all right. Also all good. Right. It's a working title. It's I, a work in progress. I think we just came up with a thing. I think we did. I should just be in charge of ideas for Hollywood. 
Oh, you and I have a we, thing that we are going we to do. develop, which is going to be do. very fun. Event someday. Someday. Yeah. Ah, my shoulder. <laughs> just, I moved and it said, mm, are you sure you want to go that way? Because I kind of want to go the other way. Yeah. It does that sometimes. My friend is doing my nails. Um, if my arms are in one place too long, I'll kind of move a little bit and my shoulder will automatically pop. And it's like while she's holding my hand doing nails and she's like, mm, I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I see you have yes. a paper there. So I, I do have a paper. This back is, hose. This is our back hose. Um, quite a fucking list of back mm-hmm. hose. Well, I mean, some of it sources, oh. but also I was gone for two weeks. And listening back to the episodes, I'm like, I have things. But first, shout out to our new patron, Lexi. Hey, Lexi. I sent your stuff off in the mail today, so you should be getting it soon. Did you check the P.O. box recently? No, I have not. I need to, because I think there's a gift card in there for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And then... then... Rest in peace, Naomi Judd. What? Yeah, Naomi Judd died. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always say I hate country music, but Naomi Judd and Winona Judd slash the Judds do not count. Fucking love the Judds. Are they related to Ashley? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Naomi was her mom. Okay. But yes, she had a long and public mental health struggle mm-hmm. and... Oh, she took her own life. She That's did. right. I forgot she about did. that. Yeah. Oh, I did yeah. not know. She did. Yeah. So. I remember hearing about that. Rest in peace, sweet Naomi Judd. Holy shit. When did that happen? Uh, a couple days ago. No, no, it was, I think, last was week. Last week? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So go listen to the Judds what in her honor. Yeah. <clears throat> Damn. Um, and then. Then. Uh, so this got sent to me. A few times, and it will infuriate you, but I will preface... You who? Bef- you. Oh. Um, hang on, let me The collective it. us. The yeah. collective. We're about to get mad. Everyone in this room. So, it is from Goop. So we know. Okay. It's called the Dipair, because there is a little yeah. accent over the E. Uh, let me read it. It's $120 for 12 diapers. No. Hold. Your commentary. One moment. Uh, and the caption is, Meet the diaper, our new disposable diaper lined with virgin alpaca wool and fastened with amber <laughs> gemstones. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Known for their ancient emotional cleansing properties. Absolutely infused with a scent of jasmine and bergamot for a revitalized baby. Dropping tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at $120 for a pack of 12. Now, this was posted and people were like, the fuck is this? Why? It was actually a joke. Thank fucking fuck. <laughs> and it was to uh, bring awareness to the absolute ridiculous cost of diapers. I see. So I was like, okay. But it did get me at first. I'm like, you never can tell with Gwyneth. You never right. can tell. It's it's hard to know when she. Oh, she sells a, a fucking egg to shove in your snatch for hundred exactly. bucks. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, um, so <laughs> I know we've played a different clip before, but if I had to hear this with my ears, so do you. 
Uh, the it was NASA's Chandra X-ray Observatory recorded another black hole. Oh God! Mm. Hang on. Let me make sure the sound is on. No. That's incredible. No. I love this so much. I'm so into that. I it just goes on like that for another like 13 hate seconds. Yeah. That. It is scary. That sounds like the pits and of fucking hell. I don't love it. I'm in. I'm sounds like sold. Depths of fucking hell. It. Take me there. <laughs> I want to go to there. God. Do you have any idea how dope it would be to spend the end of your life traveling to and then witnessing a black hole? Right? That would be incredible. Mm. You'd be one of the, like, three humans in forever to see and then die of a black hole. <laughs> Who are the other two? Your crew. You're not going alone. Oh, got it. Okay. Touche. I'm like, wait, has this already happened? Hang on. No. <laughs> Rewind. But if someone came to me tomorrow and said, Randy, you can live here for the rest of your life, or you can come with us on a 20-year journey to the center of the galaxy, witness a black hole, and then get sucked into it, do you want to go? I. What happens if you get sucked into a black hole? You fucking die. Do we know this? We don't. Or you get sucked into another, another dimension. dimension. Well, here's the thing. A black hole is something that is so unbelievably dense with gravity that not even light can escape it, which means when you get close enough to a black hole, you get crushed to death. My you do not get sucked through. You die. Brain can't take space. Like, yeah. how did it get there? Why is it there? How is it there? What the fuck is it? How did it get there? How did any of it get there? I can't, my brain can't space. You should look up the Big Bang Theory, not I, the TV show. The worst TV show ever made? Yes. Such a uh, It's tied with another of the of a similar uh, similar ilk. What, Friends? No. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all bad. Ted Mosby is the absolute worst character in the history yeah. of all time, and I will die gladly on that. No, hit. like, I, I have laughed at jokes in Friends. How I Met Your Mother is just Yeah, I remember watching Friends back in the day. I've been re-watching it also whilst I've been sick. Um, it's not good, but I'll still laugh. I don't. I love you know. I love garbage. So oh, it doesn't I know. Matter. I know. Um, th this is this is a good one. Yeah. That I don't know how I found this, but I did. So here you go. Here is uh, an article from the Sun, which yes, I know, but. <laughs> The headline is, I'm really happy. I've had a penis on my arm for six years. Now it's been fitted. I finally feel like a real man. <laughs> was it Was it like a... Uh... Was someone growing a dick on their arm? Yeah. Yes. He lost his pureness to a blood infection in 2010. <gasps> yeah. That's so, horrible. Yes. So they... Cut it off. Grafted... A new member upon his arm. Do you get to choose the size? I believe he did. Yes. And added a couple inches. Good on um, him. And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Right? There the uh there's a there's a photo, but it's all blurred out. But the caption underneath the photo is 
<laughs> a wheelie doctor built him a new six-inch member, and it was due to be attached in 2015, but due to a lack of oxygen in his blood, it was grafted temporarily to his arm. So he's just rolling so. around with a six-inch dick on his arm. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so huh. he's, he's finally... He's finally got it taken off of his arm oh, and put it. back to where Interesting. it should have been all along. So yeah. By the way, I'm so curious about this bag that's sitting. Oh, in front you of should you. be. Well, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that bag. I also heard that there's a new surgery that, and it's only men with three inch dicks and under qualify, but you can add. I think it's up to four to five inches now. There's like some new cool surgery Good for them for guys that have you know. Get, Go for it. Yeah. Get, get yours. Do what you feel. But do what makes do you up. feel best. Yeah, but you can't be like a guy with an average size penis and be like, give me four. They won't do it. Be like, you know what? Absolutely Lame, not. but whatever. All right. And then next, we got a letter. We, we just, just got, got a letter. letter. We, we just got, got a letter. We just got, got a letter. letter. I, I wonder, wonder who, who it's from. from. Oh. I wonder if we can have that on the show. Guess what? We're keeping it. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, Steve from Blue's Clothes. What's up, buddy? Wink. We talked to you. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Really quick. 30 Rock. Uh-huh. When they do the porn for women, where Liz calls the hotline, it's like, it's the yellow button, sweetie. Uh-huh. So, Steve makes videos kind of like that. Oh, does he? On Instagram, That's yeah. fantastic. So, it's like, the video will come on, and he's like, hey, how's it going? And then he's just quiet for a minute, and he looks like he's listening to you. He's like, that's great to hear. And I'm like, oh, turns out I would pay for that. This is really nice. It's so nice. So, any hoops. Oh, wow. Someone wrote us a letter. A handwritten letter. Wow. In the mail. And I got really excited about it. I love getting mail. So, says DZ, and of course, Randall. Yeah. Uh, while attending the Tampa Oddities and Curiosities Expo, I stumbled upon these amazing Natural Park-esque stickers for some of our favorite cryptids. I've also Ooh. included a bookmark for Morbid Curiosities. Uh, I first discovered them when I was working in NOLA, and they are absolutely phenomenal. So if you guys are tea drinkers, definitely check them out. Anyone else listening? Uh, curios- morbid Curiosities. Uh, they have fun oh, names, too, God. like The Undertaker, Creeping Beauty, and more. Also, while I'm here, I'm going to do that thing that you all love, or you all have a love-hate thing about, telling you about how much I love the show. No, we love we it. We love it. Never stop. Uh, while listening, I feel like I'm one of the gang sitting in the room with you, or sitting in the room with you all, just talking about all the things that make our hearts happy. You know, like murder and <laughs> fuckery most foul. Yes. Anyway, I truly do look forward to listening to you guys every week. And Randall, you have been such a fantastic addition to the show. Aww. By the way, I'm always down for a guest appearance by J. Allen Cross. So until next time, <laughs> hexes and hoes, y'all. Your hoe in true crime, Catherine. Oh, thank you, nice. Catherine. That is then, so awesome. Here's the little bookmark. Love that. Which I will keep for I. That's not the. Uh, that's not the lady who wrote to us and said, uh, "I'm mad that the great white menace is gone." <laughs> no, it is not. It is not. I'm looking forward for her to catch up and figure out whether or not I'm a disappointment. <laughs> All right, and then we got these stickers. So there's uh, Hopkinsville Goblin. Nice. Point Pleasant, West Virginia for yep. the, Moth the Mothman. And then, my personal favorite, Everybody Pants Now! <gasps> <laughs> 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 yeah! Well, Fresno, 
Nightcrawler sticker. That's awesome. Thanks, yes. Catherine. That was wonderful. Very nice of you. I love it so much. Oh, the headphones. Can you not fuck with my headphones? <laughs> they just so many things in better. that bag, bro. Yeah, there really there's, are. There's a lot of stuff in there. Okay, and these are the sweatshirts that Victor gifted to us. Oh. Cool. That's a fun sound. Do we all get one or just you two? Just us two. Okay, well... Thanks, Victor. <laughs> oh, son of a... I don't know which one is which. I don't know what... The, this one, I think, is yours. Okay. Great talk. But the size... I think the sizes ran a little small, so he sized up. But yeah. So it's very nice. She's pulling it out. Yeah, yeah. Looks like a blood blood splattered. It is. This is Ghost and House on the back. It does. Uh, Till your unsolvable murder do us part. That's cool. <laughs> right. That looks like it's my size. That is fucking rad. Right. That's rad as hell. Thanks, Victor. I love it. Oh, and real quick, don't give me shit from my sources. My brain is broken and insane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah, you were correct. I know I was. I sent you the message before I got to that part. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I was listening, and Randall was making fun of how I did my sources, and I sent a message before he finished making fun of me, when he accurately stated that he was like, I bet she does all of like the websites first, and then she'll add in like podcasts or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, that is, yes, that is true. Oh, yeah, I knew that was the case. Unless, like, when it's just one... Like, if there's just one podcast episode I listen to, I'll put it at the bottom. But if there's more than one, like, documentary or podcast, then I'll fit them into the pyramid. Right. Um, but, yeah. My brain is... Don't... Oh, I get it. Don't try oh, yeah. it. It was no. very aesthetically pleasing. Yes, and I'm not I'm things. not making fun of you for that. Mm. Uh, it was just a very easy target. <sighs> you bastard. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I do have an entire bag sitting in front of me. You do? Full of... Snacks. Goodies. But okay. I want to get this out of the way first. We got a lot of things. Got a lot of things. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be a long one, you guys. Well, that's what they get when I've been gone for two weeks. I know. This is just part of your birthday present. Ooh. Oh, shit. You can open it now. There's one thing still on the way. Okay. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. I can do that. Bag is opening. Presents. Presents. She's, she gave she's me one of the world's out. tiniest terrarium earlier. I did. And here it comes. I think you have to turn it over. There's a shipping label, so it's obscuring. Black time mercantile. <laughs> she's opening. The I didn't know. Wrap. It didn't say what it was. I have no. no it, it doesn't does not. say what it is, <laughs> but there is a cool design on it. Ooh. Cool box. Oh, dear. box is opening up. <laughs> As soon as you sent me the text, I immediately ordered it. <laughs> oh my god! So I was in California, and in uh, so whenever I go to any sort of old town, like mining towns, I always go to the old candy stores because I am a monster and I love black licorice. Yep. And they have the best. So there's this one. It's called Licorice Ice, and it's like this coated black licorice. Mm. And my cousin and I, she eats it too. So we went there, and they were out. And the woman said, like. 
they, their suppliers in the country can't even get it anymore. Oh, wow. And I texted her and I was like, they don't have licorice ice. I repeat, they are out <laughs> did. of it was licorice like ice. All caps. She's like, did they not know you were coming? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, BB, thank you. You welcome. There's still one more present on the way. But I have all my licorice ice now. That one I was like, I know what I can do because I was sick. On your birthday. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I had not gotten a chance to go out and find another present yet. But then I was like, well, I know one thing I can get. Mm-hmm. So, happy beep day. Uh, Thank you. You welcome. All right. So, and you said when you were talking about uh, Roe v. Wade last week. Oh, yes. Said, I'll bet Z has some thoughts. And you're right, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to clarify before you went on. The things that we talked about were absolutely uh, kind of, uh, I didn't have anything prepared. Yeah. It was just stuff I, uh, that was just coming a, top, of, thought, top yeah. of mind as I was going. Yeah. So I know that I left a lot of things out that would be affected by it. Yes. And so I... You're welcome. Have Took care of completing this. Made that addition. But yeah. first, um, so the exact words used in Coney Barrett and Alito's draft were domestic supply of infants. Yes. Um, and the rest of the quote from the proposed nonsense was uh, nearly one million women are seeking to adopt children in 2002, i.e. they were in demand for a child, whereas the domestic supply of infants relinquished at birth within or within the first month of life and available to be adopted had become virtually non-existent. So basically they're saying that abortion should also be outlawed in order to force people to carry a pregnancy to term so that there will be more babies available to to be adopted by, and let's not get it twisted, white straight Christian couples. Sure. Um, And then, again, yes, you are right. I do have shit to say about Roe v. Wade being overturned. First, this isn't solely a woman's issue. Uh, Anyone with a uterus will be directly impacted. Um, Also, it doesn't matter why someone needs or wants an abortion because it's their business and only their business. Um, Also, if you think the Supreme Court and or lawmakers will stop here, you have not been paying attention. Uh, this will absolutely start a domino effect on any law concerning privacy. Uh, and what do I mean? Let me go through this Twitter thread right quick to give you a horrifying glimpse into a potential future. Um, and this was a very insightful thread. I remember reading that. Yeah, yeah I saw it. So it's user A.H. Rome, I believe. It's A underscore I think they're an investigative journalist, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. R-E-A-U-M-E. So Roe v. Wade is based on the right to privacy. If the majority opinion by SCOTUS suggests that the Constitution does not protect the right to privacy, that affects a whole lot of other decisions. Buckle up. This is the beginning of a lot of potential ugliness. And here's the thread uh, of things that could be potentially impacted. Lawrence v. Texas decided in 2003 uh, the court used the right to privacy to determine that it's unconstitutional to punish people for committing sodomy. The Roe ruling could open the door for criminalizing homosexuality. If we can elaborate on that real quick, uh, it sounds like when you read that off that, you know, why wouldn't we outlaw sodomy? Because the definition, obviously, right up front is like, yeah, that shouldn't be allowed. The problem is, is that homosexuality in any degree is by a lot of very right wing people Mm -hmm. is considered sodomy. Yes. So if you ban, if you outlaw sodomy, you are giving state governments the power to uh, outlaw homosexuality. Yes. 
And there are links provided in this thread. So if you want more information, she posted all of this on May 2nd. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can go and then follow the links. I did not post them because I took screenshots. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Griswold versus Connecticut decided in 1965. This case protects the ability of married couples to buy contraceptives without government restriction. Mm -hmm. This isn't just about abortion. Next up, contraceptives. Loving versus Virginia. This 1968 case, which threw out laws banning interracial marriages, was decided based on the right to privacy. If a state wanted to prohibit who people could marry, uh, there is no protection from that without a right to privacy. Mm-hmm. Stanley versus Georgia. This 1969 case found that there was a right to privacy around possession of pornography. If a state wants to outlaw pornography or certain forms of adult pornography, it could do that without the right to privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obergfell versus Hodges. This 2015 opinion that legalized same-sex marriage used the right to privacy and equal protection clause to do so. This could open the door for a state to try to test same-sex marriage laws. Uh, Meyer versus Nebraska. This 1923 ruling allows families to decide for themselves if they want their children to learn a language other than English. Uh, this could open the door for racist states to try to outlaw learning their families' languages, mm-hmm. which is happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Skinner versus Oklahoma. This 1942 ruling found that it's unconstitutional to forcibly sterilize people. The Roe ruling could open the door for criminals, disabled people, or uh, by POC folks to be forcibly sterilized. Uh, and okay, that's just a quick overview of the judicial chaos that could occur in the aftermath of striking down Roe v. Wade. All of these decisions might no longer be settled law, and states could try to test <clears throat> um, could try to test that. And then people reading the full draft are tweeting about the horrors within it. My thread wasn't hyperbolic. Alito specifically refers to Lawrence v. Texas, the sodomy rule, mm-hmm. and Obergfell versus Hodges, same-sex marriages. Mm-hmm. So just it's a lot more than just what it seems on the surface. It is opening a can of worms. And if you think, again, that they're not going to come for something like Brown versus the Board of Education... Give it time. Mm-hmm. Give it time. Uh, and also, some states will be criminalizing abortions. Um, soon. Very soon, if they if this all goes like they're planning. And, uh, and then there are some places where now miscarriages, women are being... Yeah, they're being... People are being arrested, basically, for... For murder. For miscarriage. miscarriage. And you know what happens when you're convicted of a crime like that? You're a felon. You know who can't vote? Felons. So it's much bigger than what it appears to be on the surface. So please keep that in mind Mm -hmm. because it is a fucking nightmare. The insanity of convicting a woman for a miscarriage, something she cannot control, is exactly that. It's fucking insanity. Yeah. Yeah. So So that said. Yeah, that's a whole. Let's have some snacks. Have some fucking snacks, guys. Snacks. (laughs) Snacks. What you got for us today? So these, uh, do we want to guess the flavor, or do you just want to know and taste them? What do you think? I gotta guess. Here's the thing. Okay. I don't care either way. I just know that the flavor that they are is never what I get. What I think it's gonna be. That's true. They smell like prongles. Yeah, I can kind of see what it is from here. Oh no. Okay. Well, it looks like a, a hot dog on there. Oh. Yeah, sure. It's definitely. Or it's a lotus. My mom actually brought me these. Oh, it smells good. 
No idea. That tastes like a salty Pringle. Yeah, it tastes like a normal ass Pringle. Mm, it's got some lime in there. Mm-hmm. Elote? Mm-hmm. It is elote? Yep. Okay. I guess. Mexican street corn. I did it. They taste like Mexican sweet corn. Oh, the aftertaste. There it is. There's mm-hmm. the corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd eat the pants off the rest of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can eat the absolute pants off some shrimp. Mm. Sweet meat tea. Power. Yep. It's just, these are just hot Cheetos. Like, extra flaming hot sweet Carolina Reaper. Ooh! They smell very sour. Again, I will pound the shit out of these. By all means, pound away. (laughs) Which one do I want? Ooh, these are good. Oh, I love that. They're a little Mm -hmm. icy on the back of your throat, but they're not like... Oh, that's such a good flavor. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. These are the best Cheetos I've ever had. Real good. (gasps) Oh, remember how I said they had more flavors. Guess what? I bought them all. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Pushu, pushu. We don't have to try these all today. I can leave them here for next time so we can have more crunchy Mm. snacks. But if you want to try them now. Um... I'm going to save that one for last. Uh, sure. We'll start with the... Oh, yeah. ASMR right there. Launching them up. These are burning my esophagus a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. The more you eat, the more it burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can still feel it, you know, on my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... Nah. It's not, it's not bad. spicy it's at no. all. It's just it's got a lingering it's, burn. Yeah, it's got yeah. like a little afterburn. It's not like the dust. Maybe don't rub your eyes though. Just in case. <laughs> I'll do what I want. Flavoring tried to escape. Okay. These are the grilled chicken flavor. Okay. I should stop eating these. It's I found all the rest of the flavors of those really fun ramen snacks. Mmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. I yike them. Don't boil it. Smash it. All right. This one is just barbecue flavor. If I could find the packet, that would be... Yeah, those Pringles are really good. Mm-hmm. The Cheetos are really good. The chicken crunchy ramen's good. So far, we're doing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm very curious. You saved something for last. That yeah, like you got like a reason. Fucking. I did. Like tweakers, vinegar balls, cereal, <laughs> or something. I wish that were a cereal. <laughs> tweakers, vinegar ball cereal. Mm. I've been catching up on South Park, and by catching up, I mean going back through. It's been yeah. a minute, and I wanted to see if it, if the good episodes held up, and they fucking do. But uh, chocolate salty balls is what. Long on my jaw, bleeding balls. Put them in your mouth and suck them. 
It's barbecue. Huh? Sure. Sure. It tastes like an off-brand barbecue Lay's chicken. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a great value. I like the chicken better. Yeah. And the last pushu pushu is bulgogi. Mm. I do like bulgogi. Me too. Get out. Get out there, flavor packet. You bitch. So much ASMR today. You're welcome, everybody. Is uh, a Tweaker's Vinegar Balls uh, episode title worthy? I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but there might there might be some more. Boy, I'm we'll see. Yeah, and these are yeah these are bulgogi. Aw, oh, man, I got one with no flavor on it. <laughs> I just got dry ramens. I didn't get any flavor either. Maybe they don't taste like anything. They don't really taste like anything. Rude. There we go. Oh. Tastes kind of like the chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm okay. stocked. Okay. Well, I have five packets at home. Okay. Four, <laughs> five. I don't know. I have a number of them at home because it came in a pack of how many are there? It was huh. ten. Oh. Because it also came with the spicy one. <clears throat> we already tried that. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some damage to these Cheetos. Love that. They're so good. Oh, they are good. Okay. Oh, God, there's more. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Um, these are ramen-flavored candies. Oh, the ramune? Yeah. A ramun. That I don't soda. Know. Yeah. With the marble. But, ew. Oh, these feel like sucking candies. I don't want to suck a candy. I don't want to suck a candy. <laughs> it said gummy and soft, and then I tried to squeeze it, and it's like, it's like a butterscotch candy. Nope. It's you lied to me. Liars. Lying liars lie. <laughs> what do you what do you prefer? Do you want something sweet or something spicy? Because one has to be a chaser. Start spicy and sweet. Okay. Oh God, I don't like that tone in your fucking <laughs> voice. Bam 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 bam. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain Dew flaming hot. I saw. Portland comedian Sam Whiteley posts this on his Instagram. I was like, why did you do this? And he goes, I don't know, but I'm having a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't smell terrible. It smells like Mountain Dew. Okay. Which, I mean, is terrible in and of itself. Yeah. Um, all right. Go. Do the thing. Don't spit it out. If you don't like it, to swallow it. It's not... I don't taste the spice. I don't either. It just tastes like... And I'm fully loaded on fucking flaming Hot Cheetos right <laughs> now. I mean, like, so. baby spice. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's not... 
It's not nope. bad. It's, it just tastes. It like, is bad. It's bad that it's well, Mountain Dew. It's because it yes, Mountain it, but Dew. But it tastes like Mountain Dew. There's nothing yeah. weird about it. It tastes like red Mountain Dew. There it is. I taste it. Yeah. Oh, do you have to get in there? Yeah, you got to get in the back. Yeah, well. Not the worst thing I've ever swallowed. Calcium. So. Exactly. Calcium <laughs> disodium edta to protect flavor. I feel like that, that flavor doesn't good. need to be protected. Uh, ca- that can't be good. That cannot be good. And then last. Oh, God. Got some Kit Kats. Yeah. So many snacks I today, love guys. Kit Kats. They're strawberry and dark chocolate. Fuck yes. Oh, roll it up, put it in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you won't taste it there. Then I don't want to eat it. Oh, it's matter. nice and pink on the top. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's mm-hmm. my buddy, and I mm-hmm. say whenever something's outrageously tasty, it's just roll it up, put it in my butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So many snacks today. Ten out of ten on that one. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Hundo P. Hundo P. Hundo P. Oh, yeah. No, that was good. I'm wet. <clears throat> Ooh, nice. Basement flooded. Neat. Like five water heaters just exploded. <laughs> You're a sentient gusher. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's a Kool Aid man. Right. All right. Well, fuck. Uh, who goes first? I do. Love that. I do. And yes, I'm back. I'm very excited She's to be back. back. And since I've been sick for two goddamn weeks. Mm-hmm. I wanted to come back with a bang, and what better way to do that than to share the absolutely buckwild story of Andrew Thornton II, and most importantly, the story of motherfucking cocaine bear. Oh, yeah! Cocaine bear? I said it and I meant it. Cocaine bear? Oh, yeah. What's a cocaine bear? This episode will feature ASMR for myself. Let's. Throughout the whole thing. Fucking go. You hand me a couple of those. Yeah, those are real good. So, Carolina Reaper Cheetos and Cocaine Bear. Yeah. So, Andrew Carter Thornton II was born on October 30th, 1944, in the Lexington, Kentucky area. His parents, Carter and Peggy Thornton, uh, started the Threve Main Stud Farm in 1946, which uh, is still breeding thoroughbred horses to this very day. Okay. Threve. Also makes me think of SNL. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and you wagered three. <laughs> French Stewart. The best thing that Jimmy Fallon's ever done. And as Robin Williams. Mm, I prefer his French Stewart. Prefer whatever you want. But yes, three will forever live in my mind because it was fucking hilarious. Uh, I laughed about that while writing it for a good few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Drew. As he was known to friends and family, lived a fairly, see, very privileged life, which included attending the prestigious Sayre School and the Iroquois Polo Club. He eventually transferred to the Sewanee Military Academy, and following his graduation in 1962, he joined the ROTC and enrolled at the University of Kentucky. He only lasted for one semester, dropped out, and then joined the Army. 
Uh, he served time as a paratrooper in the 101st Airborne Division, and according to a friend, he was an expert skydiver and the type of guy who wouldn't even let anyone touch his pack. He was a fanatic. After getting wounded in the 1965 U.S. invasion of the Dominican Republic, Thornton received a Purple Heart and left the service. Between 1965 and 1968, Thornton tried to go back to college but dropped out after a year. Uh, he then went to work for his father training racehorses. And then in 1968, he joined the Lexington Fayette Urban County Police Department, where he would join uh, Lexington PD's first narcotics squad in the early 70s. Uh, he then went to night school at the Eastern Kentucky University and received a degree in law enforcement in 1971. So while working on the narcotics squad, Thornton worked closely with the uh, Drug Enforcement Administration, or DEA, out of their office in Louisville. Uh, according to former DEA agent Larry Lakin, DEA worked with Drew on many occasions in narcotics and sometimes on a weekly basis. Uh, DEA agent Robert Brightwell worked with Thornton in the early 70s and described Thornton as a 007 paramilitary-type personality, an adventurer driven by adrenaline rushes. He would also claim that Thornton eventually got bored with being a cop, which is true, because while still on the force, he started taking night classes at the University of Kentucky Law School. According to a friend, Thornton was one of the smartest fellows I ever met. In school, he did very well. He came from a very good family and had everything in the world going for him. Uh, Thornton received his law degree in 1976 and resigned from the force in 1977 to start practicing law. Uh, he apparently went to work for or went to work at the firm of a friend named Harold Sloan, but never actually ended up practicing. But between working for the police department and working on a law degree, you'd think Thornton would have been too busy for shenanigans, but you would be incorrect. Ah. Because some of his past shady shenanigans would come back to bite him in the ass pretty quickly. Ooh, because shady shenanigans. whilst working in narcotics, Thornton started smuggling drugs. Ayo. Shocking. Let me just say. Fuck yes. <laughs> the story just keeps getting greater, by the way. I'm, I'm just, just pumped to hear a dude who was a cop fucking with drugs. And also a lawyer. Uh-huh. Cocaine bear. And eventually Bears. A kingpin. But Yes. This is amazing. Um, I'm just gonna say real quick, these are gonna burn our buttholes on the way out. <laughs> I want you <laughs> to guess. The last time that didn't happen to me. That is a regular occurrence in All my right. life. Just FYI. Just yeah. burning this eternal flame? My asshole is the mouth of a volcano. Oh, bless it. I'd sing it, but I can't. Yeah. What? Eternal, eternal flame, flame by the Bangles. Uh -huh. Your butthole is... Yeah, anyway. My yeah. butthole's on fire. <laughs> to borrow from the now terrible Kingsley. <laughs> so, yes, smuggling drugs. In 1980, there had been a federal indictment that alleged Thornton was part Excuse of me. a Kentucky drug and weapons smuggling ring known as The Company, Ooh. Uh, which was allegedly made up of quite a few former police officers. Uh, the Kentucky faction was alleged to be a smaller branch of a much larger operation made up of roughly 300 members. 300. Total everywhere. 
1981, Thornton and 25 other men were arrested for attempting to steal guns from the China Lake Naval Weapons Center in Fresno, California. The men were also accused of conspiring to smuggle 1,000 pounds of weed into the country. (laughs) Also, I burped a little bit and it tasted like... Spicy Mountain Dew. So many things. So, that was that was weird. I'm like, ooh, I can't tell if that's just from the Mountain Now Dew I can itself, taste it. Or if it's from a combination There's of all of the things. So many options that it could be. Yeah, yeah that was that was a weird flavor situation. Um so yeah, a thousand pounds of weed. It's a uh, lot of pounds. It's a lot of pounds of weed. Half a ton. It's a lot of weed. Uh Thornton pled not guilty to the charges and fled the state of California. But was apprehended in North Carolina a while later, uh, and he was armed and wearing a bulletproof vest when they apprehended him. Damn. Uh, So Thornton, a fugitive up until his arrest, eventually pled no contest to a misdemeanor drug charge. What was that? (laughs) I don't know. What? Just crappened. Something. (laughs) It sounded like somebody farted. And I know... No one did. It, nobody did. But your computer screen behind you came on, too. Might have had a little bit of a power surge. Maybe. Hopefully that didn't <laughs> ruin anything. Okay, good. Concerns. Uh, <laughs> For so many reasons, <laughs> concerns are happening. Oh, boy. Oh, Lord. That was weird. That was weird. That was weird. Uh, so, yeah, he pled no contest to a misdemeanor drug charge. And the felony charges against him were dropped. Uh, he was sentenced to pay a $500 fine, uh, six months of jail time, and five years of probation. Yeesh. His license to practice law was also suspended. And so it's like, this is all kind of insane. So if you're wondering how the fuck all of this happened, <clears throat> the initial drug charges that he pled no contest to... Well, they found out that he was involved because he had been listed as the pilot on a drug run from South America to Kentucky back in 1979. Uh, Oops, oops. Oopsie. Oopsie daisies. Whoops. Whoopsie doodles. Uh, so there's a few years of missing info on Thornton's life, uh, but I did my best to find Okay. The pieces to fill some of it in. Yeah. Uh, In 1968, a month before joining the police department, he married a woman named Betty Zaring, uh, who said they'd met while he was training horses for his father. She went on to say that, I fell in love with him as a romantic hero. He was recuperating from wounds he had received in the Dominican Republic, where he had really come into his own as a paratrooper. He believed he was an impeccable warrior. He was a philosophical, incredibly disciplined, incredibly disciplined, extremely spiritual and loyal warrior with his own code of ethics who thrived on excitement. Hmm. Um, Party. Yeah. And then she continues saying he was uh, that Thornton was a trained warrior, a very efficient killer trained by the U.S. government. He went on to the police force so he could do battle. He was happiest when he was on the cutting edge when he tested himself. And then she went on to say that Thornton was a loving husband who was kind and supportive. However, she claimed that he, uh, and this is her quote, resented having a wife. Well, you didn't have to have one. Right? You didn't, you didn't, get, you didn't got a married. Didn't, didn't, no, no, I mean, you don't have to have one then. Exactly. Um... So his work on the force, especially his time in narcotics, was pretty rough on Betty, who shared her husband uh, would meet with 
And again, her quote, Mafia hit men from Detroit who had contracts on him. We both realized it wasn't a life I felt comfortable with. Okay. They divorced in 1970, but remained on good terms with Betty saying, we kept in touch. Andrew always made sure I had whatever I needed. And neither of them would end up getting remarried. Okay. Um, former co-workers from the force remembered Thornton as an edge walker. Someone who lived for danger and the adrenaline rush of a good thrill. One former co-worker said that, as a policeman, Andrew could walk the edge only so long before it became routine. Drug smuggling was a natural transition for him. He was a Starsky and Hutch type of cop. He drove fast cars, popped in, and raided people. He was as flamboyant in his life as he was in his death. Which, oh, this story is just fucking off the rails bananas. Love this. It's so good. I want Randall to come back. Because he's gonna miss it. He's gonna miss it. I I don't know what it is. Stuff. Stuff. All right. I don't know where he went. Maybe he's got flaming diarrhea. Maybe he does. Flaming hot, yet ice cold (laughs) diarrhea. (laughs) It's so hot, it's cold. (laughs) So hot, it's cold. You never know. All right. I don't know. Shit. Take a drink of the water. All right. Trying to drag this out for him. I am. I am, indeed. I don't hear him. I don't either. I don't okay. know where he went. Maybe he just left. Maybe he's he's over it. Just walked out. He's fuck like, these, I, Fuck these bitches, I'm out of here. Fuck this <sighs> shit, I'm out. I quit. Okay, where did I... And now I just can't remember where I stopped reading. Um. Ah, yes. As flamboyant in life as he was in his death. Which I can't wait to hear. Oh, yeah. It's good. So... In the years following Thornton's 1981 conviction, things started to go a little sideways. First, he was sought out by several different agencies for questioning in relation to several alleged vendetta deaths. Oh. Uh, since the victims all turned out to have connections to Thornton. Ruh-roh. Yeah. One victim, Gene Barry, a state attorney for Florida, was shot at point blank range when he opened his front door. Oops. Uh, Barry had been the prosecuting attorney in the case against one of Thornton's Fresno co-defendants. The body of Robert S. Walker was discovered in a Tampa swamp. He'd been strangled to death. Walker had acted as a witness against Thornton. Mm -hmm. Then there was the man that tipped off customs to Thornton's involvement in a Louisiana smuggling operation. He's taking them all out. His body was found in Miami with his throat slit. Not great. Is this motherfucker coming for bodies now? Mm-hmm. He was wanted for questioning in a few vendetta deaths because all of these people had ties to him and they're like, and they all started fucking dying. Mm-hmm. I love Questions. this story. Why isn't this a movie? Put a no! Pin in, put a pin in that. <laughs> put, I love the story. <laughs> just stick a pin right on it. Yeah. <laughs> Bing. That's the sound of ping. That's the sound of pin makes. Bing. <laughs> Like a fucking hat that goes boo whip. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so, yes. Where did it go? Uh, yes. Louisiana smuggling operation. Yep. Throat slit. <clears> throat slit. Terrible. Awful. Uh, in addition to these mysterious murders, Thornton was unstable at best. Oh. You don't say. I'm talking living in a cabin, convinced of the rapture, telling his wife he would have been Genghis Khan or a ninja in a past life. Hyper paranoid kind of guy. Oh, 
Yes. God. So think Dale Gribble from King of the Hill with military training and no fear. <laughs> no fear. Wow. This That's guy, terrifying. Yeah, this guy was a legit adrenaline junkie. Um, this is amazing. He was an expert in martial arts. He meditated every day. His buddies from his days as a paratrooper say he was notorious for pulling low during his skydives, uh, which is a move where the diver waits until they're under 2,000 feet to release their chutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another person called him a cowboy. Thornton was also heading up part of the company. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that smuggling loads of drugs and weapons in the 80s came with a lot of cocaine as a bonus. I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm going to say... <laughs> yes. It's a pretty... I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say, yeah. Natural progression to be like. There yeah. was so many drugs, so much in his face parts. Yes, just like Scarface. <laughs> exactly. Just like Scarface, the whole face is just white. Yep. Um. So there's that, and then all of this toxic machismo and unchecked mental illness together would come to a head in 1985. With fatal results. What a character. (laughs) We're not done yet, friends. So on September 9th, 1985, Thornton, a Colombian man named Ruben Soto, and Thornton's, wait for it because I shit you not, karate instructor slash bodyguard. (laughs) (laughs) Karate instructor slash bodyguard. Sweep the leg! Bill Leonard. Uh... Bill Leonard. Yeah. Okay. I just heard Bull Leonard. Like, Bull Leonard. What a fucking name. Blenard. Blenard. It's B hyphen Leonard. Blenard. It's like Fresnel. Yeah. It's spelled exactly as it sounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> it shouldn't be that funny. Blenard. Reuben. Andrew. Uh, they got into a Cessna 404 and headed on down to Colombia, where they intended on picking up and smuggling back 400 kilos of cocaine. Yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah, they did. They truly did. According to Knox News, the kilos were wrapped in yellow plastic, packed into burlap bags, stuffed inside of duffel bags, and outfitted with parachutes. <laughs> now, Little cocaine shoots. Yeah. Now, according to Blenard, which is what I'm going to call him now, because I have no other choice. His name is officially now become Blenard. So Blenard, he said he didn't realize that Thornton was planning on taking him along to Colombia and said he thought they were just heading to the Bahamas for funsies. He knew that Thornton was kind of a sketchy guy, but But he he did not realize that he was going to be part of the sketch. Well, if you get in a plane with... The cocaine cowboys, you're part of the sketch. Yeah. and the, I don't care where they say they're going. He also, he was like, there was a Colombian man on the plane that I had, I had never met, didn't, okay, no well, idea who he was. Okay, well, that's your second red flag. <laughs> Sir. Bro, Blenard's not smart. Blenard is a karate instructor. <laughs> and self-proclaimed bodyguard for his sketchy friend who lives in a cabin, meditates, and admitted to killing a German shepherd with his bare hands once. So Leonard had feathered hair. I know he did. He had to. Oh, ooh, or a curly mullet. Ooh, the mullet. But the feathered mullet. I mean. Mm-hmm. Robert have... mullet. <laughs> you win again. You always, always do. do. 
Oh, you. me, staring contest, now yeah. go. That's why I come up here. Nature. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it, best of Will Ferrell. I can't tell you. I think I may have worn out my DVD of that oh, sure. in college because but Will Ferrell. Fucking not? hilarious. Yeah. Will Ferrell. Yeah, my friend and I, he worked at the store across from me in the mall. And so if we were like, leave, if he was going on lunch or something, he would just pass by my store and go, Robert Goulet! Yeah. <laughs> and walked by and be like, God damn it, I love you. My friend lived with me for a little bit and every once in a while playing games, just go, Goulet. <laughs> Goulet. So fucking good. Oh, God damn it. Any Okay, Blenard's, Blenard's not so smart. Blenard's like, I didn't know. I'm like, mm. Bro. I don't in my sounds like you should have yeah right I in my head he's dressed like the karate instructor from Napoleon Dynamite played wonderfully by Diedrich Bader yes AKA American flag oh fuck yeah hammer pants yep Diedrich Diedrich Bader yeah that's his name isn't it Dietrich it might be Diedrich but it's there is no there's no T in there hmm mm-hmm. okay. There's no I love that man. He is amazing. Oswald. And I love He's him. Oswald to me. He's Forever and ever, amen. Yeah. Yes. Um, he is great. Great, great, great. Um, yeah, so. Okay, Blenard's dumb. Blenard is dumb. Let's go. Fucking Not idiot. the brightest. Nope. Maybe it's all the karate kicks to the dome. Or mm. all the cocaine. Also that. So, Leonard would later say that he didn't find out their true destination until they were mid-flight. Hmm. He shared, Thornton said, we're not going to the Bahamas. The look on his face was hard to explain. He was smiling, but he had a very intense look in his eyes. And he was watching me very closely. If he had told me, hey, Bill, we're going to Colombia and smuggle 400 kilos of cocaine to America, I would have gone, yeah, right. That would have been the end of it right there. He tricked me. What do you think <laughs> you're a bodyguard for, Blenard? Exactly. Uh, he tricked me. There's no way in hell. I mean, anybody that knows me in Lexington knows there is no way I would do anything like this. I was a nobody. You're if... a bodyguard for a coke smuggler. Yeah. I'm sorry, a drug smuggler. And weapons. Equal but opportunity. in the moment, cocaine. But I mean, like, if you say so, Blenard. Nobody if you say you. so. Nobody no. believes you, Blenard. Uh, so they went <laughs> to Columbia, where apparently Blenard ate parrot and got food poisoning. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I just remembered it and needed to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Blenard ate a parrot and got pretty sick. So I there... can't imagine there's much meat on there for fuck's sake. No. So that happened. Huh. Uh, they loaded the cocaine onto the plane and then Blenard and Thornton started their way back sure. to the States. When they were somewhere over Florida, their radio picked up on some federal agents who were talking about how they were following along behind their plane. So they were being tailed by federal agents. That just happened to get a cross connection on their fucking... Wow. All right. Yeah. So panicked Blenard, who was already throwing up outside of the plane... How, do you, um, how does one do that? Well, it's a little plane. It's not it's like... Cessna. No, I get it. Yeah. But like... So he just like opened. He's like... Blah, blah. Blenard threw up. He hears this. Panics. <laughs> Did he jump? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> I got to feel excited. He, well, don't worry. But at this point, no. So he panics. He kicks out a few bags of cocaine into the sky. Uh, mm-hmm. Thornton, mm-hmm. not pleased 
started yelling at Leonard about it, and then a verbal altercation ensued between the two of them. Because Leonard- Who's flying the fucking plane? Thornton is- he's flying it. Cool. And Because, again, it's a pretty little plane, so he can just turn around and be like, the fuck are you doing? That is a- trillion dollars worth of cocaine it yes. wasn't but still and then Blennard's like i'm sick these fucking guys are chasing us i just reacted man i karate kicked the cocaine right out into the sky <laughs> right out into the sky right out i panicked mm-hmm. um and so Blennard then says right at that time when it looks like we're going to rip each other's throats out he just starts laughing i don't know what happened I started laughing. The next thing I know, we're both rolling in the plane, laughing with tears coming out of our eyes. He turned around and said, I'm really sorry for getting you involved in this. I can see this is not your thing. You're a family man. Just do it. I'll do what I tell you and I'll get you out. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, thanks, Drew. So Thornton told Leonard to, Blennard, excuse me, Blennard, how wow. dare I? Get it together. It's, how it's dare. like you don't know the man's fucking name. I know, I'm a monster. So he told Blennard to cut three of the duffel bags of cocaine from their parachutes and just throw them out of the plane because they were also apparently a little heavy in the sky. Okay. Needed to lighten their load. For a small plane like that, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Thornton gave Blennard a brief lesson on how to skydive while attaching a nylon bag full of supplies and the last duffel bag of cocaine to himself. Thornton then put the plane on autopilot, and both men jumped out over Knoxville. Uh, Blennard's chute opened three miles from downtown. After he landed, and he landed hard, every single article makes sure to point out that he landed hard. <laughs> hard. <laughs> I imagine it like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. He just, and right. then there's a Blennard-shaped pothole. There's an accordion man. Yeah. Yep. Wearing some sick hammer pants. American flag. Yes, naturally. <laughs> so, but he was pretty much fine. So after he landed, he walked to the nearest grocery store and called himself a cab, just as Thornton had instructed him to do. Uh, He then had the cabbie drop him off at the Hyatt to meet up with Thornton's girlfriend, Rebecca Sharp. The pair waited for Thornton, but he never showed up. Uh Mm Uh-oh. So after Thornton jumped, it is speculated that he may have tried to pull low. um, Mm. And he got caught up in his chute and started free-falling towards the ground. Uh-oh. Knoxville resident Fred Myers, which is hilarious if you live out here, because that's the name of a grocery store. It is the name Fred of grocery. Fred Myers. Uh, he recalled hearing a loud crash around midnight, but didn't pay much attention to it. Until Uh-oh. the next morning, when he went out into his driveway and found the body of a very dead man. <gasps> oh, no. I'd like to reiterate, the chances that is what he actually found was a parachute bag full of human soup. Actually, no. Really? Weirdly enough, no. He was perfectly intact. And the guy said it looked like he was sleeping except for two blood streaks coming out of his nose. Huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. That seems incorrect. That's what they said. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looked like. He didn't lift him to see what happened. The bottom of him could have been pure soup. Could have been. May have been. Like, kind of like a half a stick of melted butter? Mm-hmm. Possibly. You know? Didn't, nobody said it. Yeah. Because they were pretty, like, oh yeah, he he fell out of a plane. 
There's no questions. Kind of condensed people in the driveway this morning. Well, yeah. So uh, the man was clad in khaki. Uh, he was also wearing a bulletproof vest. Night vision goggles, which I can't confirm if he was wearing them or just had them on his person, because some articles say he was wearing them, some say he just had them. Okay. So night vision goggles were a part of this ensemble somehow. Okay. Of course. Um, let's see what else you have. Several bags, uh, and of course, Gucci loafers. Uh, when the police arrived to investigate, they found the man to be heavily armed with knives and pistols. Uh, he had also been carrying $4,500 in cash, six gold cougarans, freeze-dried food, IDs in multiple different names, a membership card to the Miami Jockey Club, and a few inspirational quotes were found written down in his pockets, like oh, slips God. of paper. With what quotes. were they? They were epigrams. Uh, one read, there was only one tactical principle not subject to change. It is to inflict the maximum amount of wounds, death, and destruction on the enemy in the minimum amount of time. Huh. Yeah. Huh. That's a lot. Yeah. Huh? That's, yeah. That's like, I mean, I, I mean, it's not something you get tattooed on you. You know, it's not, it's a little, it's a little wordy. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not as poetic as strike first, strike hard, show no mercy. Mm-hmm. Which there, right? I feel like it's alluding. Right. So, there was that. Law enforcement also found an army green duffel bag with roughly 75 pounds of cocaine worth about $15 million in 1985, which I did not look up the inflation. Please. Oh, we're gonna. Please and so go. the police confiscated 70 pounds <laughs> so, of cocaine. <laughs> so, yeah, 75 pounds of cocaine, $15 million in 1985 was attached to his body, which okay. also I feel like... That was probably too much to put upon your body while you're hurtling towards the earth. Yeah, you know, it might have... Because you're already a full-grown dude. Yeah. That's gonna... It's gonna make you... You have all (laughs) kinds of weapons on you. Yeah, too many things. All right, how much? $15 million in 1985 is worth $40.3 million today. Woo! And that's just one of the bags. Uh Uh-huh. That's just one. Yeah. That's just one. So... Uh, the number from a key they found on the body was later used to identify the Cessna that had crashed into a North Carolina mountain 60 miles away as belonging to their John Doe. They're like, hey, there was this weird plane crash. Oh, we bet it was this guy. Here's a key. Number matches the tail on the plane. Bing, bang. There we go. Some good police work right there. Right. Um, former Knoxville News Sentinel managing, managing editor Tom Chester wrote about that day saying, It was chaos. Nobody believed it. A guy just doesn't fall out of the sky with cocaine tied to him. And how did he get here? DEA, Customs, Knoxville Narcotics Agents, Kentucky Police, the FAA, everybody was crawling all over the cocaine parachutist investigation before lunch. By afternoon, Thornton had been identified, although he was carrying several identifications and a key to an airplane. Everybody had a theory, but few answers. Cocaine guy just falls out the sky. An angel. (laughs) And his dust. (laughs) Swiftly hurtling towards Yeah, a cocaine guy fell in my driveway and he had one bag of cocaine on him. I, I it's wild. It just just the Absolutely one. Absolutely. Just the one poundage. Of. Just Ish. one. Just one. Yeah. Little... Nope, that was it. Nope, that's, that's it. Nope, that, I that, promise. That's, that's all he had. They're like, I'm sorry, sir. Why are you doing the jitterbug? 
a little nervous. And man he, just fell out of the sky also, in the driveway. Keep in mind, with just one pound of cocaine, Fred Meyer was also elderly. Well, so that makes it even better. Like, sir, your walker is fifty yards behind <laughs> you. How did you? He's like, I cartwheeled. <laughs> I feel great. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Stop pitching us business ideas. We don't <laughs> need them. We are the DEA. No, no, no. Why are you doing the Charleston? I don't know, but I got a great idea. (laughs) We are not starting Pandas for Pennies. I don't know what that is. We're not doing it. And September 11th, 1985, in Mr. Myers' driveway was where Red Bull was born. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be funny if it were true. And he did, but he did not have wings. Well, so he didn't. So, upon hearing of her ex-husband's death, Betty Zaring said, Betty, goddammit, he went out like an Eagle Scout. He would have loved the concept of the warriors who fall from the sky. <laughs> Do Eagle Scouts fall from the sky? Um, I mean, half of their name does. Yeah. Huh. Oh, Betty. I think, I, I think, I think, I think Betty has her own stash. I was going to say, I feel like he maybe kept a stockpile just think, for Betty. Think, yeah, Betty had her own stash. I feel like that is a good guess. Betty was um, feeling real deep in that statement. She oh, just, yeah. she was, she oh, was yeah. waxing poetic right there. Hard. Mm-hmm. Hard. She's a hard waxer. <laughs> Fuck yeah, she is. Yes. Yeah. She gets down. She on did. That hard wax. She did. She oh, sure my God. <laughs> I just had a vision okay. of that Jennifer Lawrence in that movie. Yes, cleaning the house mm-hmm. to wings, live and let die. Live and let die. You know the movie I'm talking is about, that American, American Hustle. Hustle. Oh yeah. Oh, when she cleans the house and she just is, is just so aggressively cleaning the house. That's Betty. That's Betty in my head right now. Okay. Yes, yes yeah. I agree. Go on. Calling microwaves a science oven. No. Oh, God mm-hmm. bless it. So, a few days after Thornton's death, a garment bag containing a pilot's handbook, maps of Jamaica, and clothing was discovered in a Butts County, Georgia pond. <laughs> it's uh, Butts, so presumably belonging to Thornton. Mm-hmm. Authorities rightly assumed that there was more cocaine out there and began to search the surrounding areas. Later in the month, a duffel bag containing over 200 pounds of cocaine was found hanging from a tree in the Chattahoochee National Forest. Yeah, yeah. A group of timber workers found another 28 pounds in November. I think they, yeah. Hot lumberjacks, go on. Right. In December, a hunter stumbled upon three more duffel bags containing 220 pounds of cocaine. Gun daddy. (laughs) Gun daddy. That's what hunters are called from now on, gun daddies. No, thank you, please. Uh, In that same month, another duffel bag was found, only this time it turned fatal. A 175-pound black bear came across one of the duffel bags containing roughly 70 pounds of 95% pure cocaine. Oh, 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 shit. When the big guy's body was discovered, he was surrounded by 40 Empty containers. Oh no! Yeah, bro went out like a fucking champion. Got a goddamn heart attack. Holy shit! He had a real good time for a second before it was a real bad time. But but it was quick. Thankfully, it ended. 
it had to had have. His heart had to have exploded Ooh, within his quite fucking literally. chest. Uh, the New York Times would report on the bizarre death, writing... Uh-huh. A 175-pound black bear apparently died of an overdose of cocaine after discovering a batch of the drug, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said today. The cocaine was apparently dropped from a plane piloted by Andrew Thornton, a convicted drug smuggler who died September 11th in Knoxville, Tennessee, because he was carrying too heavy a load while parachuting. Uh, the Bureau said the bear was found Friday in northern Georgia among 40 opened plastic containers with traces of cocaine. R.I.P. Cocaine bear. Uh, but his legend, his legend will live forever. Forever. Because I'm not even, amazing. this is just, his death is only the beginning. And uh, I'll, 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 I'll say real quick, uh, he died in the 70s? 80s, 1985. 80s. Yeah, it's been 40 years, so he'd be a dead bear. He would be a dead he'd bear. He'd be a very dead bear. But like I said, his memory and party spirit lives on. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me get there, because it's a fucking ride. Cocaine so, bear. The medical examiner for the GBI uh, performed the necropsy, which is an autopsy for animals. And he said its stomach was literally packed to the brim with cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) There isn't a mammal on the planet that could survive that. Cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hypothermia, renal failure, heart failure, stroke. You name it, that bear had it. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm laughing. Well, he went. You have to remember, he went through that fast. So oh, all yeah, the pain that comes with that stuff was like, it was the fastest moving domino set you've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, my blessing. I feel like it's just dropping a bowling ball on some dominoes. Right, It's like, right. and pfft, there we right. go. Yeah. But for that half of a second, he was Oh, living. unmitigated torture. He, was It was, oh, yeah, like, life to the fullest, followed by- It's like, oh, yeah, oh, no. And then, oh, <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> so- the medical examiner noted that the animal, I, I'm going to save this. I, I put in what they call him, but I'm going to save it till the end for okay. you because it's. Is it better than cocaine so bear? Fucking good. Oh, yeah. Wow. So what's better than that? So his official name, but everybody knows him as cocaine bear. Cokey Smokey. Nope. You'll never, you won't guess it. Smokey Cokey. Stop Smokey trying cookie. to guess. <laughs> Just reverse because you won't, secondary guess. you won't get it. Just let me tell you. So, bless it. The medical examiner noted that the bear was still in pretty good shape, all things considered, and called up an old hunting buddy or gun daddy, if you insist. <laughs> uh, we do. We and do. he was like, "Hey, friend, I've got this really cool bear that needs to be stuffed." And so. Once the bear was all taxidermied, the medical examiner donated him to the Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area, uh, who proudly displayed him in their visitor center with a plaque describing how he got there. What you're saying to me is that we can visit Cocaine Bear? I haven't said that. Because I'm not done with his wild ride. Oh, my God. You see the frustration in her face right now. It's so good, and I just want you to know (laughs) it immediately. So sometime in the early 90s, a fire threatened the area. So Cocaine Bear was packed up and moved to a warehouse with some other stuff in Dalton, which is not far, for safekeeping. Yes. The next month, when uh, someone went to retrieve him and the other items from storage, he was gone. (gasps) And he was just straight up gone. A number of missing items were recovered from a nearby pawn shop, but there was still no sign of the bear. Why? Because he'd been sold. To whomst, you ask? No! Hold on to your butts, because this is absolutely insane. 
he had been sold to Waylon fucking Jennings. Yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Court documents. Yes, this went to court because it was theft. Uh, court documents would later reveal that the man that sold the bear to Jennings had claimed to have no idea about the bear's wild past and just assumed it was another piece of taxidermy. Jennings, however, disagreed with this man's recollection of facts and uh, sharing that as a collector of oddities and taxidermy, he had worked with that salesman in the past. So when the bear was brought into the shop, he gave Jennings a call and recounted the crazy story. He knew it was cocaine bear. He did know it was cocaine bear. Jennings went on to say that he wouldn't have purchased the item had he known it was stolen. Jennings also said that he had heard about Andrew Thornton's story before the pawn shop owner shared it with him because his friend, Ron Thompson, had told him about it. Thompson was originally from Kentucky and had moved to Vegas, where he was essentially a professional hustler and swindler. Uh, he hosted elaborate parties for wealthy people, celebrities. Waylon Jennings would have totally bought cocaine bear. 100. Just got caught. Um, so Thompson hosting these elaborate parties. And a guy like Thornton would have definitely been in his stratosphere, seeing as he provided drugs for the kinds of people that Thompson hosted parties for. Mm -hmm. There's no proof that they did know each other, but it would make sense when you consider the fact that Waylon Jennings gifted Cocaine Bear to, to Ron Thompson, oh. the Kentucky turned yeah, Vegas yeah, hustler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either that, or it was the world's weirdest coincidence. Huh. It just absolutely wanted to jillion chance that soups because yeah this guy was you know throwing all these crazy parties thornton had his plane and many drugs uh yeah so it's entirely possible that they crossed paths but also could have been again the world's weirdest coincidence sure so eventually founders of kentucky for kentucky griffin and witt who'd had a deep interest in the legendary cocaine bear story decided to try and track him down just to see. They followed the chain all the way to Ron Thompson, learning that most of his possessions had been auctioned off in 2009 after he died. They called the auction house that had overseen the sales to see if the manifest from the sale still existed, mm -hmm. which it did. Mm. So they had it sent to them and found the 26th item on the list had been for one North American black bear. They were eventually able to trace the bear to a Reno resident named Zhu Tang. Uh, Tang's opening bid for $200 went uncontested, so he took the bear and displayed it in his traditional Chinese medicine shop. Uh, Tang passed away in 2012, but the team were able to get in touch with his wife. She said that she had uh, sold the store after her husband's death, but couldn't part with the bear, even though she hated it. <laughs> she told them he was always bringing home junk from auctions and estate sales and things like that. The bear was one of his favorite things. He just loved it for some reason. At first, he wanted to keep it in our living room, but I wouldn't have it. It scared me. I made him take it to the store. She didn't know anything about the bear's history and said she'd always assumed it was just a regular taxidermied bear put together by an amateur since it had a very visible and unsightly scar on its abdomen, which would have been the necropsy scar from its examination over 30 years prior. Mm. So they shared the wild story of Andrew Thornton and their search for cocaine bear with Ms. Tang, who initially did not believe it. <laughs> and she told them that since they'd gone to all of the trouble of tracking the bear down, they could quote unquote have the damn thing. 
all they had to do was pay for the shipping from Reno to Kentucky. Which they did, and Cocaine Bear is now proudly displayed at the (laughs) Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall in Lexington, where you can go see him for yourself. Cocaine Bear Field Trip! So Cocaine Bear is his title. His official name, Pablo Escobar. (laughs) That's wonderful. I know! You didn't undersell that even a little, or oversell that even a little bit. That's perfect. Thank you. Pablo Escobar Escobar. is his Christian name. It's his God-given. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. So... As for Thornton's case, in November of 1987, two years after his death, his girlfriend Rebecca and Ruben Soto were accused of conspiracy to smuggle cocaine into Tennessee from Columbia. Uh, Sharp had allegedly been in on the whole thing and was in Knoxville to pick up Thornton and an accomplice, but there was never a clear answer as to what Thornton's plan had been, and so in 1988, the charges against Sharp were dropped after a judge ruled uh, that the confession she'd provided had been given under duress. Uh, the agent that took her statement had lied to her and pretended to be a member of the Colombian cartel looking for the missing cocaine. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, buddy, that you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. Uh, Brian Layton, an assistant U.S. attorney in Fresno that had previously prosecuted Thornton on a marijuana trafficking charge, didn't feel too terribly when he heard of Thornton's death. In fact, and these are quite possibly the coldest words I have ever read regarding someone's death, Leighton said, I'm glad his parachute didn't open. I hope he got a hell of a high out of that cocaine. Oh, wow. Sir. Wow. Wow. Uh, Thornton's, Savage. Yes. Thornton's death provided a story arc on season four of the show Justified. The case appeared on Dominic Dunn's show Power, Privilege, and Justice. And reporter Sally Ann Denton wrote an incredibly detailed book on the case called The Bluegrass Conspiracy. There were a few other mentions of Thornton in the media scattered here and there, but the biggest of them all has not come out yet. Because, yes, everybody, a movie is being made. Yes! (laughs) In 2019, it was announced that Phil Lord and Christopher Miller would be producing a film based on the events with Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett co-writing or co-directing a spec script written by Jimmy Warden. In 2021, Universal Pictures announced that the film was in production, only now it would be produced by Elizabeth Banks and Max Handelman's Brownstone Productions. Banks will also be directing. Fuck Uh, yes. The movie stars Carrie Russell, Ray Liotta, and Alden Ehrenreich, uh, though it hasn't been revealed who they're playing just yet. Principal photography was filmed in Wicklow, Ireland in 2021, and the movie is scheduled to be released on February 24th, 2023. Mark your calendars now, nerds. Hell yeah. And that is the wild fucking ride that is Andrew Thornton and the motherfucking cocaine bear. Oh my (laughs) god. I love... Stop it, he's got a hat. Look he at does, Cocaine He does, he has a hat and he has a sign, and I can't remember what exactly it says, but something along the lines of... It says... Don't do drugs, because you'll end up uh, like there. Cocaine Bear, a.k.a. Pablo Escobar. Here sits Cocaine Bear in 19... I guess, 85. Cocaine Bear was found dead in the Chattanooga National Forest. He overdosed on 40 kilos of cocaine, dropped by Andrew Thornton. You might... Remember Andrew from the 
bluegrass conspiracy. Don't do drugs or you will end up dead and maybe stuffed <laughs> like poor cocaine bear. Yeah. Like poor so cocaine bear. very low bear. resolution. Yes. I can read better and faster than that. I believe you. <laughs> um, and there are, if you go to the Kentucky for Kentucky website, there is a whole lot of merch. And do I want to buy all of it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I need, I need a cocaine bear Oh, my shirt. God. Oh, my God. They are wonderful. I'm like, I will take this shirt and that shirt and this one and that hat. Cocaine. Cocaine. So, my sources, uh, Slate.com, Matthew Deesom, IMDb, KentuckyForKentucky.com, LA Times, Medium.com, Sarah Reynolds, The Wikipedia, IFLScience.com, KnoxNews.com, Travis Dorman, BloodHorse.com, Molly Rollins, Rolling Stone, EJ Dixon, MentalFloss.com, Michelle Debchek, Backpacker.com, Gabrielle Rabone, ScaryMommy.com, Elizabeth Broadbent, Today I find uh, TodayIFoundOut.com, Carl Smallwood, Washington Post, Sally Ann Denton, RoadsideAmerica.com, and My Favorite Murder, Episode 268, a.k.a. All Stars of the Seventh Grade, as told by Georgia Hardstark. That is fucking awesome. <laughs> Pablo Escobar. That is amazing. It's so good. That is absolutely fucking amazing. It is just a fucking delight. My story's not as um, delightful. Aww. It's, uh, it's. I mean, it's it's a murder. So, um, yeah, that's so fucking good. <laughs> Thank you. Cocaine bear. Oh, bless it. But yeah, so eventually when we tour in Kentucky, we have to make a stop. Oh, yeah, we do. To go visit and pay our respects to... Oh, fuck yeah, we do. Pablo Escobar. Fuck yeah, we do. So, uh, I got a story. Excellent. So, birthdays. Am I right? Birthdays? Yeah. Well, as I was sitting at the computer doing my usual fall down some rabbit holes to try to find a story routine, I decided to look up crime cases from the year I was born. Oh, I'm sure there were a plenty. And I found this one. Oh, boy. The murder took place in the year of our Lord, 1972. And the alleged killer was finally arrested and charged in June of 2021. Oh. So here we go. I'm going to give unto you all the murder of Julianne Hansen. Oh. Julianne Hansen was just 15 years old when she went missing from Naperville, Illinois, July 7th, 1972. She was a member of the school band, taught at Sunday school, sang in the school choir. She was a pretty little thing. Um, one summer evening after school, Julie borrowed her brother's bike to ride to a baseball game, but she would unfortunately never return. When Julie didn't come home, her parents, Jerome and Marguerite, reported her missing to the police. Officers and local volunteers searched the local and surrounding areas and soon discovered her bicycle down a gravel road near 87th Street and Knock Knolls Road. The following day, Julie's body would be found in a cornfield just off Modaf Road and 87th Street. She had been sexually assaulted and stabbed 36 times. That is too many. The yeah. very small community was Shooketh. Despite their best efforts, police were unable to identify a suspect and make an arrest, and Julianne's case went cold. Oh. Then in 1992, 20 years later, investigators got a glimmer of hope 
when a local man named Major Morris was arrested and charged with the 1973 murder of a girl named Bobby Jean Anderson. Morris had murdered 16-year-old Roberta Bobby Jean Anderson in September of 73. Bobby had also been dumped on farmland less than a mile from her home in nearby Oswego, Illinois, and was found with 60 stab wounds to her body. In December of 1996, Major Morris was being considered a suspect in the murder of Julianne Hansen. The murders both occurred in the early 70s. Both victims were teenage girls who had been raped, stabbed dozens of times, and dumped in rural areas. Morris was a teenager working as a trash collector at the time Julianne's murder of Julianne's murder, and he suspiciously moved just days after her body had been found. Mm. 39-year-old Morris was arrested in 1992 after blood samples taken had matched him to Bobby Jean Anderson's murder, and he eventually did admit to the rape and murder in a recorded confession to the police. Morris's friends and family were completely shocked at the news of his arrest. His wife of 24 years, Patricia, called him a loving man, a gentleman, and a father whose two daughters absolutely love him. Well, here's the thing, Patty. You were bamboozled. Because, see, there's also the matter of Margaret Stern. In September of 1978, Margaret went missing after attempting to hitchhike home after work, and Morris was later charged with Stern's murder, and he also confessed to that. Hmm. The bodies of both victims were found very close to where Julianne Hansen's body was discovered in 1972, but they still couldn't tie Morris to the crime. He did, however, get a 100-year sentence for the murders of Bobby Jean Anderson and Margaret Stern. So then, serial killer and rapist Bruce Everett Lindahl was ruled out as a suspect in 2020. Lindahl murdered a 16-year-old girl in DuPage County in 1976 and had been a suspect in a dozen other rapes and murders committed in the 70s and 80s. This guy was an epic piece of shit. In 2020, 39 years after his death on the basis of DNA profiling, Lindahl was officially connected to the death of 16-year-old Pamela Maurer, who was killed on January 13, 1976. Through DNA, he was declared a suspect in at least 12 murders and nine rapes, all committed in different Chicago suburbs from 1974 to 1981, which are all still currently being investigated. Oh. Um... In total, over 70 girls and women were killed during that time period, both in DuPage and surrounding counties. And how did he die? Well, please let me tell you. Yes, please. On April 4th, 1981, while cruising around one of the local shopping areas of Naperville, Lindahl met 18-year-old Charles Huber. After hanging out and bowling, Bruce suggested they go to his girlfriend's house to have some drinks and hang out, which... Charles agreed. When they got to the apartment, Lindahl attacked Huber with a knife, stabbing him a total of 28 times. During the attack, however, Charles fought back, causing Lindahl to stab himself in the thigh. Right in his fucking femoral artery. And the motherfucker bled out in minutes and died right there next to his final victim. Bruce Everett Lindahl was active at the time of Julianne Hansen's murder and had a similar MO to her killer, but in 2020, his DNA was tested against the sample found at the Hansen crime scene. He was not a match, ruling him out as a killer, the killer. Uh, But he's being looked at for, I mean, his DNA has already matched 
12 murders and yeah. nine rapes. So, like, those are all being investigated now. So, the local authorities clearly never gave up on Julianne. Because, I mean, even now, in 2020, like, they're still trying to match. In fact, several of the Naperville detectives have her picture on, had her picture on their desks as a reminder that her killer was possibly still out there somewhere. Julianne Hansen's murder was never considered a cold case necessarily. Although cold case detectives had little to go on, they never filed the case away and continued to work on it for almost 50 years. Oh. Over time, advances in DNA technology brought investigators closer and closer to the culprit. A genetic profile of the killer was developed from a small amount of DNA he left behind at the crime scene. In a statement, Naperville Police Chief Robert Marshall said, The last 49 years, we've chased many leads, identified many suspects, and all were eliminated through the exhaustive, exhaustive investigation of our detectives. Then in spring of 2021, they got the break they needed. And I bet you can guess how. Mm-hmm. Yes, y'all, Jed Match. Yeah. The DNA left at the crime scene was uploaded into the system. The Hansen case was considered high risk because after 50 years, the crime scene DNA was severely degraded and believed to be unstable or unusable. Sorry. Mm -hmm. The DNA was also very low quantity, consisting of only 360 picograms of DNA, which is only 0.3 trillionths of a gram. Oh, my. In November 2020, the Naperville Police Department contacted Identifinders International to try and solve the case using forensic genetic genealogy. Over the next six months, Identifinders placed, faced numerous challenges in creating viable genetic genealogy data without a guarantee of success. Yet, once that data was uploaded to the genetic genealogy database, GEDmatch, the case was solved in two hours. Oh, shit. NPD detectives built up a family tree that led them to 76-year-old Barry Lee Welpley. At the time of Hansen's murder, he was in his late 20s and he lived less than a mile from the Hansen family home. Ooh. Welpley was arrested in Moundsview, Minnesota in late May of 2021. He had been working as a welder in Illinois before he retired to Minnesota. After he was arrested for Hansen's murder and held in Ramsey County Jail, he was then extradited back to Illinois, where the Will County State's Attorney Office charged him with three counts of first-degree murder with a bond set of $10 million. Whew. As of right now, the case is still going on, and there has been no official sentencing yet. Oh, shit. At a local press conference in June of 2021, Julianne's surviving family members issued a statement through the police chief. As you might assume, it has been a long journey for our family. We are forever grateful to all those who have worked on this case throughout the many years. We would especially like to thank Team Julie, who are truly Julie's heroes. Those were the detectives. Yeah. Naperville Police Chief Robert Marshall said, Unfortunately, the offender was not immediately found, and our department never in five decades gave up in looking for Julie's killer. The last 49 years, we've chased many leads, identified many suspects, and all were eliminated through the exhaustive investigation of our detectives. James Glasgow, the Will County State's attorney, in a statement also spoke of the other local murdered girls, Roberta Jean Bobby Anderson, who was murdered in 73, 
and Margaret Margie Stern in 78, saying that he and Chief Marshall had lived the crimes. They've been over our shoulder our entire careers. Marshall became a Naperville police officer in 1977, and Glasgow was appointed as an assistant state's attorney five years later. Many in law, law enforcement believed for decades that Morris had killed all three girls, but not these guys, Glasgow said, pointing to the cold case investigator standing behind him. These guys never rested, never put the file to the side. They always kept working, and when new technologies came along, they availed themselves. Glasgow said the charges against Welpley include a first-degree murder charge based on the 1972 statute. The other charges relate to three different theories of the slaying. The case is still under investigation, Glasgow said. I'm not promising additional charges, but when you continue an investigation, things arise, and we will deal with those as we find them. And that is the story of the murder of Julie Ann Hansen. That is nuts. Yeah, and it's he just got caught, and he is it's still going. I could not find any update other than wow. his lawyers are trying to obviously get him off, but yeah, you know they're trying to throw out this evidence and throw out that evidence, but it's it's still ongoing. Wow, that is bananas, right? Jed match, y'all. Opt in. Jed match. I always say it. This is why. Right? So my sources are WFTV.com, Crystal Bonvillian, Wiki, ABC7Chicago.com, IdentiFinders.com, CBSNews.com, GenYPod.com, CNN.com, Kelsey Smith, and Chicago Tribune, Jerry Schnee. Ooh. Yeah. Short but sweet. Yeah. Short but sweet. An update on that. Yeah. 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 I found, and I found, you know, there were a few murders that just like, eh, what happened that year? Yeah. And I found this one. I just thought it was interesting because the whole Jed match tie and the fact that it's still ongoing. Yeah. Still ongoing. And I, I, it's pretty amazing that that one guy accidentally killed himself while murdering someone. That is fucking wonderful. Hey. Poetic motherfucking justice. I just wish that poor Charles hadn't died alongside with him, but yes. um, stabbed himself in the fucking femoral artery, you piece of shit. Of all places. Right? It just, that just always makes Idiot. me think of the best season of Dexter. Yeah. Season four, the Trinity. Idiot. God, that season was so good. I know. I know. It's like, it makes me, I still haven't watched the new one. I haven't either. I've heard it's actually pretty good, though. I have too. Yeah. Heard it's it smells like John's cooking dinner. I hope he's cooking dinner. I was Somebody say, is. I was like, it smells like hot. Yeah. Or your house is on fire, but I don't smell smoke. No. Mm. So I think we're good there. I think we're good That's there. That's good. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> if we have an episode. Ne- if we don't have an episode next week, you know why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> This is a long one. It, it was is. a long one. We had so many things to catch up on. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens when I was... Disappear for two weeks while a national tragedy takes place. Right. Weird. Yeah. Part of my bed. Yeah. I became one with my bed even more so than usual. Yeah. Right. I miss her. <laughs> Getting oh. Gonna go home, moonwalk out of my pants and get right, get right back bed. in. All right. Well, then, shit. I've got to pee. It's been a long one, so we've done done it. We did done do it. We done done it, y'all. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Yep. 
Share, share, share. Also do that. If you would like some exclusive motherfucking, motherfucking content, content. <laughs> go become a patron on a Patreon. Yeah. I've got two additions. Please. Same Please as last week. Yeah. First, having to do with this show, mm-hmm. go out with your bodies mm-hmm. and a phone. Mm-hmm. Go to an electronic store. Mm-hmm. Go to their devices section. Mm-hmm. And uh, subscribe to our podcast on at least five devices. Show us video proof, and we will send you some cool shit. We will do that. We will do that. We will do that. Also, uh, as as I have discussed many times, I think I'm just going to turn this into a recording and do like a mid yeah. <laughs> mid episode roll. Please do. Uh, please check out the Anytime Now Kids History podcast, uh, produced by me and hosted by some really rad people. Um, and if uh, if you have kids and you're trying to show them some really dope uh, historical stories uh, with dope illustrations, check out honesthistorymag.org. And if you use the promo code GNH, you will get 10% off your first purchase. 10% off! And then we will make a little bit of money. Uh, but please, please go do that. And um, we will thank you. We might thank you with more things. We yeah. might do that too. You never know. You don't know. Show me that you subscribe. Bitch, you don't know our lives. Bitch, you don't know. Actually, they kind of do. They kind of do. <laughs> we do. Like, we are very forthcoming with all of our shit. You're guarded a little bit. You won't talk about the dicks in your life, which is, uh, you know, fine and frustrating. <laughs> I'm mysterious. Have you watched The Pentaveret yet? The Pentaveret? No, I have not. The it's good. It's weird. Pentaverate. Oh my god! I need cocaine bear stuff. That's rad. But, hey, any of you want to get me anything for my birthday that just happened? Cocaine bear. Yeah. Buy the cocaine bear. <laughs> Send it to her. Oh my god! Give. I would me be so excited. The cocaine oh, yeah. bear. Oh shit! Yeah. All there's right. there's actually one. Cokey the bear. Don't <gasps> do drugs. Cokey the bear. I was gonna say snowblower. They do have uh themed snow globes you can buy that they call blow globes. <gasps> mm, that's perfect. amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's real good. I lo- Such good. Such I'm good. A, Such good. I'm a huge fan of this sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. Cocaine bear, I need it. There's just, it's, there's too many things and I want one of all of it. Fuck I yeah. I want one of all of it. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, well. well shit. Till next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Hats off to the fuck you club. Today. I guess it'd be your 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 guy. Barry Lee Welpley, you fucking fuck. Rotten jail. Can't wait to hear what happens to you, you fucking fuck. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I hope your your balls shrivel up and end up in your mouth. Yeah, or someone else's mouth. Yeah, I hope you get mauled by a bear on cocaine before its poor heart explodes. Yes! Yeah, and fuck you, Ted. Always fuck you, Ted. Always fuck you, Ted. Fuck you, Bob. Fuck you, Bob. Kimberly can't read. She it makes good can. bras, though, apparently. We're forgetting about the key. one of the key fuck yous. Fuck you, Gwyneth. Thank you. You're As fucking diaper. I realize it was in jest, but still, I they would, they would. You never, you never can they tell. They would. You never can tell with Glenn. vinegary tweaker balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
Dios.